0: Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 151 hey. I'm your host, Brian Who was that squeal?
1: <laughs> Saying yay, we made it to 151
0: oh. Yeah, we, we did, we made it to 151 uh, And of course, that's Ian, hey. who does the counting Yep. Not the accounting, there is a big difference <laughs> And of course, Mac You got a pretty mouth And and our token female, Terry.
2: I have the smallest fingers of all of us.
0: (laughs) And the man with the smallest balls of them all, the dumbass himself. Here
3: to join in the happy (laughs) playtime. How is everybody doing this evening? I'm I'm a little confused. I did not know that that, uh, Terry was token. It's way after
2: 420. (laughs) Oh, it's a Colorado marijuana joke for those of you who didn't catch that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you know, it's funny. Just before the podcast, I was telling Terry that I don't think Mac knows how to say Volva. And what did you say, Terry?
2: No, he doesn't. He always says Volvo. (laughs)
3: That's because that's how you pronounce the
0: car's name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) <laughs> well good So uh, everybody's in one piece Everybody's doing well
1: oh. So I'll go into what's going on with me
0: Oh okay, okay. good
1: This weekend I'm going to um, Starfest But due to the way our podcasts get out you That's a bit late For me to announce that but I love yeah. the passive
2: aggression of that by the way <laughs>
1: <laughs> But we, we talked about last podcast so I have, hopefully that. I'm
0: sorry out. I'm behind I know
1: But Um, This should be out hopefully by the end of the month, which the last weekend of March, uh, the 25th through the 27th, I will be at AnomalyCon. I've gone every year so far. It's a fun steampunk-themed convention, but it caters to sci-fi in general because I will be doing Dr. Trivia, time travel, science, I remember the other panels I'm on. I'm on like five different panels though, so it should be a lot of fun. And then the other thing to talk about is, as our writers know, I am a, a as our listeners know, I am a writer, and I do have a story in this month's issue of the 5th D. So go check it out. 5th D is, this will be the first time it's available in print. So that's kind of cool. They've, switched, so you can buy both the ebook format or the print format.
0: You know, so, it's funny because everybody else is going, moving more and more towards digital, and somebody else is trying to put out a print copy of something.
1: I think Jay, he's the editor of it, is trying to see. If there's a demand for it or not, it's been an e um, e publication for the longest time, and so it, I don't think it's a, I think it's print on demand, anyways. Okay, so it's not like it's sure. going to cost them anything, but it's now an option so that people can get the print version if they want. Okay, so that's just what's going on with me, people.
0: I would certainly be interested, you know, to to see what his numbers look like as you know as, as people find out that's available if it actually if it works or not.
3: Right. I would like an autographed copy of the ebook format.
1: <laughs> Pick one up and I'll autograph it for you.
0: <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, so, what else we got going on? Very good. Then let's. Uh, <laughs> no one else has anything
1: uh, wait, going on in their
0: lives. Hopefully, there's a little bit more enthusiasm for the next segment as we <laughs> masturbate.
4: The Amateur Skeptics present. Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Yeah.
0: So so to be fair, I haven't read this. You did kind of get it in late.
4: Oh, sorry about that, but... Well, that's okay.
0: Not the first time that's happened. I do it all the time. (laughs) But so... So what am I looking at here? So so the title of your article is It's seriously time to confront the girls don't masturbate taboo. And don't yeah, we don't we are we always isn't that something we always do? Yes. Of course. Okay. Well then this article is very fitting, isn't it?
4: Yes it is and it's got uh it's got some good information in here. Um I like at the bottom uh, they've got uh, this poll. Do you think female masturbation needs more visibility? Yes, yes, oh God, yes.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so uh, I want to see it all the
0: time. It says research, however, counters the theory that women don't masturbate. So what research yeah. are we talking about?
4: I mean, we've all seen these studies about uh, how many women masturbate and uh, such. Apparently nearly 95% of w- surveyed women had admitted to masturbating uh, in 2008, a uh, jump uh, up from 74% in 1979, and 62% from ni- uh, in 1953. Okay. I don't know whether women are masturbating more or they're just willing to admit it more. I, but, I suspect uh, I would,
0: that they're just willing to admit it more. That would be what I would suspect, <laughs> right? But I guess there's no way to, to show that, is there?
4: No, I guess there's not. They, they've got a chart here. Um, how often do you masturbate? And I'm very disappointed to that like among women 18 to 24, 36.5% of them say they haven't masturbated in the past year.
5: That's a lot.
4: Yeah. yeah. How, how
3: how truthful is that, though, is the question. Good point.
4: That is a question. And it uh, the tendency is uh, for that number to go up as, as uh, you get older, 70 plus, it's 68.6% haven't masturbated in the last year, although 25 to 29, only 28.5% hadn't masturbated in the past year. Hmm. The numbers are, are kind of similar for uh, the for the answer a few times per year to monthly, so at least once a month, maybe just a few times a year, um, like eighteen to twenty four, twenty eight point six percent.
0: And do they say why they think that these numbers go the way they go? Is it you know is it hormone decline or something like that?
4: I don't no, but you should see the numbers for men here. It's like pretty consistent overall. I th- I think the it's kind of weird that the numbers for Men like especially uh, in the early ages all hover around like between fifty and twenty five percent for how many do it not in, in the past year a few times per year to monthly, a few times per month to weekly mm-hmm but well, anyway, by time you-
2: in the not enough, in the past year the men fifty three percent of the men don't masturbate in the past year at age seventy
0: yeah which which sixty to 69 is thirty eight percent so there's a huge drop. In those uh, in those latter years.
3: Right. I, I have to say that you hit a point where, and I'm going to say this, you hit a point where you think, or I could go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to go to sleep.
4: <laughs> what I really love is, if you scroll down a little bit, there's something called the Happy Playtime app. Um, How many
1: times am I supposed to get it off in 60 seconds? <laughs> Got it off once, and now wants me to go again. Apparently. Oh, nice to have you. And got it off again.
2: <laughs> nice. I still oh, got twenty
1: five seconds to go. <laughs> Jeez.
0: Wow, you really know your way around a vulva.
1: <laughs> well, don't mean to brag.
3: Stick shift or automatic? <laughs> oh. I'll
5: read you the instructions. Obviously, it, a yeah. stick
4: shift.
1: Yes, the third time in sixty seconds.
4: <laughs> wow. It says, My name is Happy. I'm here to teach you about your lady parts. And apparently, Happy is an anthropomorphized uh, vulva. He likes me. That would make sense. As it a you play tramp- with me and make me orgasm, you'll unlock more sex ed articles and more moves to make our time together super rad. <laughs> Read all of your unlocked sex ed articles here. Find out more about what you can do in gameplay in the compendium and keep track of what moves and power-ups you've unlocked.
3: That is interesting. Yeah. You know, there's this, there's a whole psychology to creating artificial, um, artificial achievements in games, and this really hits that. It's beautiful.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it hits that, doesn't it? <laughs>
4: You'll have 60 seconds to make me happy as many times as possible. All right, ladies, it's time. This vulva can't please itself. Damn, these... Cute pudgy's arm, pudgy arms. FYI, real vulvas don't have arms.
0: <laughs> yeah, pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> but as we learned last uh, um, podcast, it's also important to get yourself into the right headspace.
2: Right.
4: Yeah. I think I might be doing it wrong, wrong a little bit. Um, I, I tried uh, do, doing what the instruction says and fiddling around, but – I think I was clicking on the wrong space and like I was, it looked like I was trying to drag the circles rather than rub them.
1: Got her off four times in 60 seconds. So.
2: <laughs>
4: well, be my record.
2: I love how it immediately becomes a competition. I know. The- well,
4: <laughs> okay.
2: Okay. But le- le- that's
4: fine. I mean, Ian's the real know, like visual My first, man. My first attempt, my first attempt uh, was Happy is sexually frustrated and she's saying, go away. <laughs>
2: See, but wow. you're but dumbass is at least like open to the idea of learning and trying and Ian's like I've got this down. I know what I'm doing.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I, I need to be taught.
0: <laughs> hmm. Now
4: that's the attitude right there. I'm I'm available uh, if anybody wants to give me lessons on <laughs>
2: And
3: your Facebook posts are going to fill up with with women clad in leather-carrying (laughs) whips.
2: Dumbass at the Amateur Skeptics Podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, he's dumbass at the Dumbass Media Network. Ah, there you go. Or – Actually, you can also reach him at Terry at AmagerSkephic.com. <laughs> yes, com. I
2: just got five
1: times – oh, six. Sorry, six times <laughs> 60 seconds. Ian is the counting one, isn't he? And I and I told you it was the counting one. Power up, whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> power
4: up. <laughs> well, anyway, the rest of the article, basically um, stuff about uh, female masturbation on TV. They talk about how a lot of the t- – Time when, uh, like we've said before, a lot of time when it's male masturbation on TV, which shows up a lot, but a lot of time it's shown as a joke. Female masturbation is more of a stigma, I guess. Maybe it's more.
0: Well, and w- but with men, you hear stuff like "chronic masturbator" and stuff like that. So, so they they do try to, you know, uh, um, well, and and dirty a little bit.
3: The there's a little bit of a stigma and a little bit of a shaming attached to it. Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, I mean, I but d- I tell you what, Deadpool no shame he was a masturbator is a masturbator. <laughs> yep.
3: with his tiny hand <laughs>
2: uh, I do like the female masturbation on TV thing when they talk about the first season of girls prim and proper character Marty masturbates on camera after flirting with a male celebrity in the art world like that is a narrative I can get down with like sh- she is my <laughs> sister right there that's that's, so like, <laughs> like, that's my code <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: I like that there is actually some female masturbation going on on, on TV that they can cite at, you know, that they can cite in the article. Mm. Orange is the new black, apparently. Which you got to figure. I mean, all all, the, all these women, you know, locked locked in jail. There's probably some masturbating going on.
2: You would think, yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you mean on the show or in the audience? <laughs> I'm
0: just asking. It's a fair question.
3: <laughs> Listen, I
0: mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I mean, either is fine, both. I mean, both. It there was a have-
3: whole category of Cinemax movies in the, in the, when Cinemax came on in the 80s, there was a whole category that, of women in prison movies. Really? You know that women in prison are apparently, at least in the 70s, women in prison were not given a whole lot of clothing to wear. And apparently not. the shirts that they had <laughs> didn't actually button, they just had to tie them below the breasts.
0: And I this is stuff you know. learned from Skinnamax. That is stuff I learned from
3: Skinnamax.
2: You know, I this is so off topic, but um, slave. Uh, this reminded me of slave Leah. Uh huh. Oh, <laughs> sorry, this slave Leah. And um, there was a cartoon that Donald Trump was Job of the Hut, and Ted Cruz was the slave. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs>
4: So, shall we move on to these hags who need to cover up? Exactly. These so, hags
5: he is- he to oh, No more playing with happy time.
3: <laughs> and play with happy time on your own time.
1: <laughs> okay, well, uh, the Huffington Post uh, ran a rather good article talking about um, women being sexual after middle age. And the, the title is 11 middle aged women stripped down to reclaim sexy. On their own terms. Uh, th- this is a not safe for work article. Although neither was the last one. Uh, there's some nudity in it. So just for our listeners to know.
0: Yes. If you didn't already know. Much of what we do isn't safe for work.
3: <laughs> yes.
1: But anyways what this does is it actually. Has interviews with 11 different women. Talking about their sexuality. Ages are between 48 and 67. It. it, it you know, we're talking about stigmas. You know, we just did the masturbation base one. There's also the stigma of the, you know, the older women not the the sexuality with them being kind of a taboo thing and not attractive and such. These women talk often about how they feel better in their older age than they did in the way of twenty because they're not feeling like they're competing. They're, they're more relaxed, They're more comfortable with their bodies. Okay. They They're just wanting to enjoy themselves instead of busy worrying about trying to be pretty, trying to be um competing with the other women stuff like that. They're just saying, no, I, I'm going to I'm comfortable with my body, I'm going to enjoy sex, and that's it.
3: A little bit off topic, but uh, not really off topic. I found out kind of by accident that there are whole categories based upon different uh, predatory cats of older women who like younger guys.
0: Not just cougars?
3: Not just cougars, but apparently it goes through tigers, jaguars, and lionesses. Lionesses being the oldest. Oh, I sense. like
2: that re- recurring theme that they've sort of relaxed into themselves and they're not as worried about societal norms or what other people right. think. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And mm-hmm. like so that, that seems to be in just about all of these, talk, talking about comparing themselves to what they were when they were in their 20s and how, you know, they had so many different hangups and stuff. And, you know, they, they're attractive. And you, know, you look at their pictures, yeah. you know, talking with people, it, you know, women now. And one of the things I've learned is a lot of women when they're younger do seem to have some of these hangups and the ones I know that have the healthiest mentality sexually now are the ones that learn to not worry about being sexy, but to say, I'm going to act that way and see where it takes me. And normally what they find is when they start letting themselves feel sexy, whether or not they necessarily believe it, but if they can get themselves to the point where they feel sexy and acting it, it goes along with, um, they seem to be become more attractive with that. There there is a mindset.
5: Fake it till you make
1: it. Right. And we talk about mind over body kind of thing. And there is a a logic to that. If you come out and say, I I want to be sexy, I don't feel it right now, but I'm going to approach it from a set that I will attempt to act that way. It curves and makes you uh, become more appealing, more sexual, and your body kind of follows. So you're saying confidence is a large part of it. What?
0: You're saying confidence is a large part of it.
1: Confidence is definitely a big part of it. I've talked to a few women like that who, who I know personally who have had that, said that, um, when they were going through some stuff, they had this problem. They couldn't believe a guy would be attracted to them. One of them even told me, so he was giving advice to start acting that way and see what happens. And she did. And she loved it. She's like, wait a minute. Sex can be like that. Her, basically she had a, she was married for a while and it was apparently a pretty miserable marriage and she never felt sexy throughout the whole thing. After the marriage dissolved, um, you know, she had some hangups still but a- after this bit of advice from her friend after people start she, she wasn't just this dopey thing that couldn't get a guy she, mm-hmm. and suddenly she found she had an active sex life and was enjoying it you,
0: you guys remember who Ashley Graham was right yes Yes. Yeah, so she is, she is now on the cover of
2: Sports Illustrated Yes, yes Illustrated. Sports, exactly Sorry.
0: and so she is the first um, size 14 model to, to ever be on Sports Illustrated. But but the main thing about her, once again, I mean, she, she's a very attractive woman. It's her confidence, though. I mean, she is so comfortable in her skin that it really comes through. I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't dwell on the cellulite and the back fat. And she, she gets out there and she does her thing. And I guess it's inspiring to see that because we see so many people shy away from their bodies.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, coming from the female point of view of the article itself, I think the same somewhat goes for males as well. From what I've seen, guys that come out and are just confident and feel sexy are more likely to attract women than the guys that you can tell just don't, don't feel comfortable about themselves.
5: Right.
1: So it's a
2: general human condition. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still scrolling. These women are gorgeous. They're
1: so yeah. beautiful. And they act like it. You can tell. And that is definitely there in, in the picture, in the article, the way they present themselves.
0: All right, well, I think it's time to move on to something less inspiring.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, so I actually get two in a row today.
0: <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh,
1: this one, oh, man. Okay, so
0: let me, so cartoon depicts transgender rights as a threat to women and children.
1: So our, our jackass of the week, true, utter, undeniable jackass, did this political cartoon. We saw, in it, you have this, easy looking guy who may or may not be wearing underwear, but definitely not wearing pants coming into a woman's restroom with a trench coat on, holding a camera and saying, I'm transgender. Obviously the implication is the only reason a guy would do that. that someone would claim to be transgender is to get into the, the woman's bathroom and peek at women going
3: to the potty. I guess you forgot the fact that he's wearing a vote Democrat shirt on. Yeah, I man. was just
2: going to point that out. Yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah, I looked at a few more of uh, Mr. Branco's cartoons. They're all in pretty much the same vein. He's uh, definitely, definitely rabidly Republican. Oh, and transphobic.
0: But
1: as the article points out, it's kind of stupid to even think that's going to happen. One, transgender or not, if someone comes into the public restroom and starts taking pictures, it doesn't matter what sex they are. That's messed up.
0: Right. Yeah. They're in, Yeah, they're abusing. They're, I mean, they're already... In, um. It's a, that that's a problem even if he if he came into the men's bathroom like this yeah. with the, you know it would be a problem.
1: Yeah. Then the fact not for very what, long. What are you co- going <laughs> most likely take pictures of? Well, the main thing you'd have access to is people washing their hands. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. That's hot.
3: Wait you know. a minute. Wait a minute. Let me see. Hold on.
4: <laughs> Shit. Oh my god. <laughs> Can you put the microphone closer? <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Are you playing that happy playtime app now?
3: Okay. There is a uh, hand fetishism, sexual fetish for hands, such as washing or drying dishes.
5: <laughs> Rule 34. Does it, say,
0: does it say anything about short-fingered Vulgarians? It does not. Nobody <laughs> has a it fetish does not. for
2: that. Well, I'm,
3: uh, I'm pretty sure somebody's got a fetish for it.
2: Ted Cruz does.
0: Ted Cruz,
2: <laughs> but basically, yeah. this is
1: clearly one of those messed up things of just creating fear for the sake of creating fear. There's right. no Here's logic the thing. at all to the bullshit. Is political cartoon we, this guy? Put we out. are
0: not this idea that we are trying to empower cisgendered men to you know to have an avenue to get into women's restrooms is ridiculous.
3: Yeah. Well, no, it's 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 the same kind of fear that gets fed. Uh, you know, fed in huge doses to anybody watching Fox News or that ilk.
5: Yeah,
1: right. And and that's
3: what they, that is what they, that's what they make their bones on. And that's, that's what they continue to support because that's what gets them. That's what gets them ratings.
4: I mean, the only thing I could. There are
3: people uh, out there who fear this.
4: The 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 only thing I could possibly see as being that somebody might be able to do is maybe if they go into one of the stalls and place a hidden camera there. But even Although, that,
1: you sit down in a, a way that you sow no private parts.
4: Yeah, I mean, I
1: mean, the the chance of getting a glimpse of something good, you'd have to get the camera in there just at the right time.
4: But I mean, people have done that. Yeah, yeah and they have. But yeah. if a guy's and a But you know, be, it doesn't require you going in and saying you're transgendered in order to do that. It just requires you sneaking in at some point when nobody else is around. Yeah,
0: but but that's the point. Is that that those. Kinds of things have always been an issue, and creating laws or, or creating, you know, a tolerance for transgender people to use the restroom that best fits them does not promote that kind of thing.
2: It's unrelated.
0: Right. It, it's completely unrelated. But uh, yeah, I they, think they I they mentioned are, in a
1: past podcast that AnomalyCon this year will have unisex bathrooms. Right. Pronda went and got the approval from the hotel to do that.
0: But once again, they are conflating transgender and sex offender.
1: Yeah. You know that that's not a connection. It's not well, right.
0: They don't want to look at this as a nuanced thing. They, they if they conflate them, you know, they can create fear.
2: Well, the cartoon itself disproves its own point because what can you see in this panel? You can see people washing hands and closed stall doors. That's all he's going to see. Yep,
5: right.
0: Well, that's not true. I kind of see. I see. You can kind of see the the woman's pants around her ankles in the oh, stall. Oh yeah.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. There's that.
0: Well but, she, but the problem is now she's got her ankles covered so what is he going to look
2: at? <laughs> it's so silly, but it's but people freak out about it. Oh. Yeah. And they always freak out about the danger to their daughters in the women's bathroom. They never freak out the about the danger to a uh, trans woman having to use the men's room.
0: I'm not always. worried about the trans woman. In the, in the restroom, I'm worried about this cisgendered male that's a sleazebag.
2: I am worried about the trans woman in, who's foresees a men's restroom.
0: I, I'm worried about that person too. I yeah. agree.
2: So, yes. So, um, AF Branco,
1: Branco, Branco? Mm. That's pronounced? Probably. AF Branco is our jackass of the week. All
3: right. Yep. He hey, wins. Well, I, what does he win?
1: Uh, <laughs> basically, our, our digital disdain and. Um,
3: and a year's boxing. supply of rice Actually,
0: he wins a free drug testing, and I get to choose the lab.
2: (laughs) He wins an opportunity for us to promote transgendered rights.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I guess that, too. Nice segue, by the way, Brian. Thank you.
0: Oh, sorry. I totally screwed
2: that up. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So –
0: This Canadian lab spent 20 years ruining lives.
3: Yes, and let's start off this article by shaming dumbass (laughs) where where the shame belongs because he's supposed to be watching Canada for us.
4: Okay, listen, you have no idea what you're talking about. Me, Wolverine, and Captain Canuck, we were like right on this. It took a long time for us to gather the evidence and finally close these guys down. And what thanks do we get?
3: Well, they canceled Alpha Flight and killed all the members, so that's not really thankful. So anyway, um, basically, this Canadian lab was, uh, the upshot of it is that they were performing drug testing as if they were a forensic lab, but they were actually only accredited and performing tests as a clinical lab. So they were, they were being treated as if they were forensic experts. The tests that they were doing were not forensic quality tests. What they said in here is that the difference between a forensic test and a clinical test is that a clinical test is used for research. Forensic science has its own standardized framework and methodology, and this laboratory mother completely disregarded. So essentially what they've done is they've taken and declared a large number of people as unfit parents due to drug abuse when they were not actually qualified to prove that.
4: I think there was one case in here where a mother was uh, accused of taking so much alcohol that basically it would have killed her. Yeah. yeah. And nobody bl- blinked an eye at it.
0: Yeah, that is that is kind of crazy. Um, there's a quote here. Uh, Scientific evidence is often complicated and cloaked in a belief that reputable and experienced doctors providing – Expert evidence in court can't be wrong. The public is too easily accepting of these experts at face at yeah. value. You know, but the but the other problem here is in, a, in an article that I think we're going to cover later that we can't all be an experts in everything, and we do have to accept these doctors as experts. I mean, who have the training in the field? Uh, it's hard to second ju- second guess them if you're not. The people that can second guess them are other people in the field. That's what yeah. peer review is for.
3: Well, and it, it sounds to me like whoever was whoever was uh, on the defense should have should have found a way to refute the testimony, refute the
4: expert testimony. Here's, well, I mean, what, there, here's where you were talking. There are some things too. I mean, talking. About, I talked about that uh, hair test before. The, apparently, the test indicated that this woman had been drinking forty-eight drinks per day for ninety days. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that that is absolutely crazy. And I mean. Yeah. I guess, you know, like you, you kind of like expert testimony, you do kind of not along, but you, you got to like let your brain click in at some point and say, wait a minute, I've got more questions about this.
0: Right. But here's the thing is that in these cases, you expect there to be an expert on both sides so that they can yeah. try to refute the evidence. Right. So clearly something is going awry with the system.
3: Yep. Well, we don't really know. We don't, we're more familiar with the uh, with the U.S. system. I don't know how how similar Canada's system
2: is.
0: Well, the, but, I mean, here's the thing is that we, we're pointing at Canada for, for this particular um, incident, but you think this doesn't happen here in the States? No,
3: I don't think I mean, it doesn't happen here in the States.
0: It probably happens here in spades.
3: Yeah. Anyway, it says down below, Mother Risk flew relatively under the radar until November 2014 when Toronto's infamous Crack mom Tamara Broomsfield, was exonerated from charges alleging she she regularly fed cocaine to her 2-year-old son Malik Broomsfield was con- was convicted after Corin testified that hair results from Malik indicated that he had been regularly ingesting high doses of cocaine equivalent to what an adult addict takes Oh my god can you imagine Which um I, I imagine that would kill a 2-year-old <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I reckon Yeah I reckon. Yeah. I mean, some of this seems pretty egregious. Um, wow. You know, it seems like it seems like you know that that anybody looking at this in, in a court of law would have said, "Wait a second, this is completely out of whack." But somebody has to go and look and say, because I don't know how much cocaine an, an average adult can consume in a day and and, and survive. I, I don't. I would. I wouldn't know that offhand.
2: Right, but even the forty-eight drinks, you know, that you don't even take that, forty-eight that, drinks of water right. a day.
0: Right, that one, that one is a little bit more suspicious.
2: Right,
0: that one, that one, that one is, I think, easier for for anybody to, um, to assess. But man, cocaine, heroin, I mean, how much do you take? I don't know.
3: Right. Oh, so anyway, what it says, uh, it indicates that they were using a test day called, ELISA, enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay. Those are used for screening, and you can't actually determine amounts. You won't, you can only tell if something is positive or negative. <laughs> You can't determine the amount based upon that. You would have to do a second test, and they were using only the first test.
0: Ah, so they were. They so were they communicated a
3: bit. they communicated all maybe results as positives to their clients from, client, from child protection agencies, which sounds to me uh, less like they were not knowing what they were doing, and more like they might have just been making sure that they got paid.
2: Yeah, was there a financial incentive, or what? It's just so odd.
0: I bet if they're only doing one test. There, there sure is, right? Because, I mean, it's cheaper,
2: right? If they're paid a fee,
0: yeah, and they probably are
2: work, and they solve they they quote unquote solve it in one test. You're right; that saves them money. Yeah,
0: my I'm more interested in okay. So they messed up. What what are they doing to correct the the, you know this uh, this mistake that they've been doing for twenty years? How do they how how do how do you go about fixing that with these people?
3: You really there's there's really no reparation. I mean, essentially no matter what happens, one way or the other, these these families have been torn apart, and the children could be have been placed with other homes. So no matter what, somebody's family is going to get torn apart.
0: Right. Yeah. There's really that's, no
3: reparations.
0: Yeah. That, I mean, so uh, that that's the real injustice here is for twenty years they, they you know what they have done to people.
4: Wow
2: yeah it's so depressing
4: yeah and you'd think they could have like you know people who actually know the science be able to point them in the right direction or whatever, but
0: right, but they clearly were not i mean there there's multiple failures here it's not it's not just one it's not just one failure there's multiple failures not using not using enough experts, right not yeah. having experts contest the the findings to make sure that they, they're getting to to the bottom of it. I mean, we would we would never accept that in science. We would we would never accept one test and say, "Oh, okay, solved."
3: Well, apparently, in the Canadian justice system, it's it's actually considered impolite to refute the expert witness.
0: <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> this is true. I love the fact that 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 it's like, oh, finally, it's not the U.S. We can point <laughs> a finger at somebody else for once.
2: God, <laughs> the story of the the woman who was accused of having all that alcohol is so sad because. Her, you know, there was like a protected custody argument with her ex partner, and uh, he kept filing these claims against her. And four of them found no evidence that she was an abusive or neglectful parent. But the fifth one, they requested this hair sample. Yep. And and then it was all erroneous. And here she, he has custody now.
3: Wow. Moving on. Yes. Let's this move on. Uh, this Florida teenager that you guys have been trying to railroad. Come <laughs> on. Let's 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 hear it. Let's
0: hear it. OK, so Florida Teen is accused of of claiming to be a medical doctor. So uh, this gentleman, what is his name? Malachi uh, Malachi Love Robinson, Dr. Malachi Love Robinson <laughs> is a 18 year old who opened his own medical practice. He was arrested a couple weeks ago. For giving an undercover police officer an exam. Now he claims that, um, he never claimed to be a medical doctor, but on the sign to his, uh, to his office, it said MD. Now the MD was covered over. So the, so he says, yes, I have a doctorate, but he says, but he, but he, when the interviewer asked him what the doctorate was in, he says, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it here because it isn't relevant. So he wouldn't even tell us what his supposed PhD was in. But he says there's a lot of, you know, people who have PhDs that call themselves doctor and not all of them are MDs. He says that he, um, while he does not have, um, they ask him, well, have you, you know, do you have any medical, um, training? Well, I followed some doctors around. <laughs> so apparently he's followed some doctors around and he has taken that and that's what he used to Open his clinic. Now, most of what he is, his offering are alternative, um, therapies such as, um, air therapies, food therapies, light therapies, I think was one of them that was on his webpage. All of them alternative medicine. He's saying that he never claimed to be a medical doctor. So my, one of my questions is, is it okay to give a, an exam to somebody and not be a medical doctor? Because what if you are a natural path? And stuff like that. I mean, and th- so he could be, you know, um, he he could be doing these alternative therapies, right? And we know that that's
2: legal. Yeah, so, I guess I don't see yeah. what the problem is if he's a natural path. If he's, if he's
0: well. calling himself, well, hold on. If he's calling himself a medical doctor, there's a problem. But if he's calling himself a natural path, well, there is the, actually those people can are accredited. But if he's just doing alternative therapies, and that's all he's claiming. He might very well be in the right here. And that's, that's what's kind of interesting about this particular case is that I can't figure out is he a con man or, I mean, he, I mean, I would call alternative medicine a con to begin with, right? Because we know that if it, if it works, you know, we know what we call it, we call it medicine. So he's doing alternative therapies, which is legal no matter his
3: age. Brian, I'm going to tell you now why you're wrong. Oh, okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready for this? Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Here is the factor that you have not put together yet. And this is going to be maybe a little embarrassing, but... I'm sitting down, so you can proceed. Okay, I'm glad you're sitting down. I'm happy to hear that. He is providing homeopathic and naturopathic therapies. <laughs> His oh. degree is homeopathic, which means that the less education he has, <laughs> the more... Qualified, he is to assist people.
2: (laughs) How many times has he been shaken?
3: Wow, I do not know. And you know, we succust. It's called succussion. Succust, right? Sorry. We we would we would need to talk to his parents about that as to how many times he was shaken. But so, are you are are you telling me that? Diluted. Are are you are you telling me that Doctor Malachi Love
0: Robinson (laughs) is shaken, not stirred?
3: I am saying that he, he appears to not be stirred by that, and I, I do not believe he is deluded. I believe he is diluted. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> <sighs>
4: My
0: embarrassment but you is can't homeopathic re- as well. Y-
3: you, 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 can't re- you can't refute me, though, can you? Because <laughs> it, it, goes, it it's, 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 it's solid with all the homeopathic principles we have discussed thus far. So, so
0: did, if any of you watched the interview, it w- it was quite funny because you know he said basically that he felt like he had, you know, that he'd been doing what he's been, you know, this for a, for a, a long enough time to justify what he does. So, and exactly what, what that is, is,
3: what is a long enough time?
0: I don't know what a, So I don't he's been know. doing
3: this since what he was. Uh, uh, oh, okay. So, <laughs> when did he change his last name from Hauser to Love Robinson? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: That's exactly right. <laughs> this is the Doogie Hauser of alternative medicine right here. The interviewer asks him, you know, at, at some point that, you know, you've been accused of, you know, uh, of these things. You're, you're in a lot of trouble, aren't you? And he goes, uh, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to cut this interview short. The interesting thing. So, and he did, he left at that point. His grandfather is the one that brought him to the interview. He's an interesting young man. I mean certainly there is – I, I I can't – does he uh, – I don't know. He could very well be in the right here if he's not claiming to be a medical doctor and he is just – and he is doing alternative theories such as homeopathy and other nonsense. He could very well be – um he, he could be right. He could – I mean it's unfortunate because clearly he he probably should not be doing what he's doing.
3: Well, so, he, has, he has the strength of his convictions behind him. What's yes, one more yes. conviction to add to that?
2: So he has a certificate on this article that has whatever, the five facts. Uh, there's a picture of a certificate from the American Association of Drugless Practitioners. I don't know if that's a real thing. Um, Could be. It certifies that he has met all professional and educational requirements of the board and possesses the qualifications necessary and recognized as an expert in the health field as a holistic health practitioner with all the applicable rights, privileges, and responsibilities. And they list him as a PhD on that certificate.
0: Okay, So, so he gets to know. call
2: himself a doctor, I guess. Well,
0: but here's the thing. Is it an accredited university or is it some sort of, you know, like mill? I mean, is it like me going in and getting, you know, one of these? F- I mean, is it real? I don't, I don't know. know. And the other thing, so it's also interesting. He says that he graduated homeschool when he was 16. So he's been homeschooled. Yeah, I see the certificate here. Yeah, I, where is I don't. Where's it from? I, uh, American Association of Drugless Practitioners.
3: Have we Googled it?
0: Um, no, go ahead and Google it and see. It it sounds to me like a you know a, a certification mill.
4: Well, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, how little experience or how little education he has, he's still just as qualified as any other homeopath.
0: Well, that is true, right? I mean, that it's a scary thing. But what did this exam consist of?
2: Well, and we the culture sets it up for his. Shit to be believable too, right? He's got this. Right. We we don't criticize alternative medicine enough, and people think a lot of that is real. And so this might look legit to to people walking in for alternative therapies.
0: It, it could, I mean, but it has all the hallmarks of some of my other favorite, you know, confidence artists. Um, let's. Well, take, he does uh, have a
3: lot of confidence, Brian.
0: He does. So, so of course, we know we we've talked about, about Frank Abagnale before, who impersonated a uh, pediatrician and and actually worked in in a, in a hospital on the night shift, right?
3: And an airline pilot. Well, and yeah, I mean, you name it. What else? Exactly.
0: The other one, though, that that is more interesting than than um than Frank Abagnale to me is a is a guy that uh, is a guy um, that is a confidence artist that's often referred to as the Great Imposter. His name was. Ferdinand DeMarco Jr. Actually, it's, it's longer than that. He, um, but he also he impersonated a doctor, Doctor Joseph Seer, in the Royal Canadian Navy of all places, and he actually became um, famous because they uh, rescued a um, a group of Koreans who needed surgery, and he actually did surgery on all of these people. He got another doctor to write a field manual for you know for um. Frontline surgery, and he used that actually to to do surgery on people. So not only did he not have any sort of medical training, so so this is not. I mean, while this is not a very common thing, it's not. I mean, we have there has been people who have impersonated doctors and and probably have done more uh, dangerous. Yeah, have been have been more of a threat to their patients than Doctor Malachi here or Doctor Love Robinson. <laughs> This may be, if he's not claiming to be a medical doctor, it could be legit, right? I mean, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I don't see a problem if he's above board about being an alternative holistic health practitioner or whatever the hell, yeah.
3: Who is eligible to apply for board certification with American Association of Drugless Practitioners? Any doctor or practitioner who practices drugless therapies or methodologies. And apparently any anyone who has $285 and a yearly fee of $150 to maintain membership. That's who's eligible for that certificate.
0: And, and you can, and you, and it's considered a doctorate at that point?
2: They call it a PhD. It
3: is, it is is considered a board certification.
2: They have a whole list of schools that you can study for your certification at too. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating. It's like, um, the Ohm Wellness Center and, uh, the University of Ayurvedic Medicine and uh,
0: uh, you know
2: the the metaphysical university stuff like right. that. So it,
0: it's a certificate mill. It's not accredited in any way. It's right. just these. It's just somebody who's giving out. Uh, um, uh, you know, is 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 in the business of creating certificates.
2: Maybe you have to do a couple of online things. I don't know, but yeah.
4: Is that something about him giving an exam to an undercover police officer? Right. I mean. Could, uh, if the exam was invasive or something, maybe it's a kind of thing where you wait—you well, you can't do that if you're not an actual medical doctor.
0: Well, see, that's what I don't know. That so that's what I was saying in the beginning. I don't know where that line gets crossed. I mean, what are you? What what kind of exam would you be allowed to do if you're not claiming to be a medical doctor? Right, well, you'd be allowed I
3: mean, to do a drugless exam.
0: Well, yeah. So I'm, reading, like,
4: I'm reading this one right now. Now, uh, five facts you need to know. Apparently. Says here he was caught posing as a gynecologist last January and was yes. not charged. So no, no, no.
2: He was just following doctors around. There was a big misunderstanding, you guys.
4: Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, so he well, he spent a month in the hospital, right? Until somebody finally went, "Who is this kid?" And that's when and that's when they called authorities. And he was not charged for that incident. So he maybe he never actually practiced. So that there's the shadowing that he did. Um.
3: <laughs> he was arrested, however, for. Uh, Allegedly using a stolen checks from a woman who he did an examination of. So this is an 85-year-old woman. And he made $34,504 in car and credit card payments.
0: Right. So And so she paid him for the visit apparently too, but yet he kind of denies it in the interview. It's really weird. Um, because the guy says, So you don't deny that you took money for services? And, and he says, Yeah, I do deny it. It's like, Well, wait a second. But you just said if she paid me for just showing up or whatnot. I and mean, the interview is so weird. He's so cagey about that particular one in particular. So that, and that is what he was recently put back in jail for. So he, so he went before the judge again. on on that issue and they put him in jail and he I don't know if he bailed out again I imagine he did that was a day ago so he was back he was back in he was back in jail just a couple days ago according to the article that I just put in there um, about that particular subject so there's the charge of impersonating a doctor and then there's the the the, um, uh, check fraud so those are the two things that that he that he's um, that they're looking into him for the check fraud, of course, if they can prove that, it might be more straightforward than this charge of um, impersonating a doctor.
2: It's sort of fascinating that his grandfather <clears throat> says he thought his grandson's medical practice was legit.
0: Well, he still says it in in yeah. an interview just recently. He said he says that what his grandson is doing is.
2: And yeah. again, from the perspective of someone who buys into alternative medicine and holistic medicine and all that, it probably looks legit to them. They're probably very confused by all of this,
3: right? Oh yeah, I would imagine. So I was I don't going. Have through. Any, I don't have any homeopathic math on the check fraud thing, by the way. <laughs> I can't support that.
0: Okay, okay. I, I was going through. I mean, there there is kind of the the trifecta of a con artist, and so it's three things that they that they that they look at for the for this. Um, it's psychopathy, which and I looked these up earlier, and and I'm still trying to get these three things straight, but uh, psychopathy. Um, sometimes known as different things. So sociopathy is a uh, trait defined as a person, uh, as a personality disorder characterized by the enduring antisocial behavior, diminishes empathy and remorse, disinhibited or bold behavior. Well, I mean, he kind of has that. I mean, certainly this is pretty bold, right? But I'm not sure if it, if it, if it makes, uh, if it's psychopathy or not, the, the other piece of this is Machiavellianism, which is – which employs cunning and, uh, and duplicity in statescraft or general conduct. We kind of see a little of that here too, right? Um, and then the other piece is narcissism. Um, narcissi- narcissism is the pursuit of gratification from vanity or ego- egotists. So I mean, yeah, I mean, we you kind of you kind of see all of those traits here, but it still doesn't necessarily make him a con artist, right? But he is exhibiting uh, all three uh, uh, traits uh, of these of this trifecta of the confidence artist.
2: I don't know. I'm st- I'm still stuck on the idea that um, mm. from the viewpoint, just playing devil's advocate, of someone who believes in all of this stuff, it's hard. Like mm. you were saying, it's it's nuanced. It's hard. To understand what he did as wrong, yeah, you know, yeah, I know.
0: Like, I can, I can see a position where this, where his actions are defensible, uh, defendable. Not the, not the, the check fraud, maybe, right? True. Yeah. yeah. If that, if that, if that is true, I mean, that then I, I think that then we're, we're I, I think that we're right here on, uh, he's a, he, you know, on the, uh, he's a con man, right?
3: Yeah, but getting but, him on check fraud is kind of like getting Capone on tax evasion.
2: Uh, sure.
0: <laughs> sure, but if he gets caught on this one, you know, and he gets slapped on the wrist, what does he do next? Right? If he if he is this confidence artist, if he displays this trifecta, right? Is he going to go on and do another? He very just, well might.
2: Just be smarter about it next time.
0: Yeah, well, that's he that's the thing is that we he he might just be getting smarter about it, but man, he kind of has these these three traits, as I understand them, of of the confidence art the the psychopathy, the narcissism, the Machiavellianism it, yeah. it, it's all kind of there, you know. But but then again, we see that those traits. Well, a I think lot you can read.
4: Of- I think you can read that into it, but I mean, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily. I mean, I, I think <clears throat> I think it's going a little too far to read to like certainly read all that in into what we've read about him here, although. Okay. Uh, I mean that that could be the case. I mean it fits, but well, and that's it, all I'm
0: saying. I mean, I, I'm I'm saying exactly what you're saying. I'm, I'm I'm not making a, um, I'm not making a clinical, you know, <laughs> but I'm just I'm just looking, you know, I, I I'm all I'm saying. I'm recognizing the pieces, right? But you see that you can, but doctors display those things, right? We see a lot of that just in 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 doctors. We see that, um, and certainly in magicians, we see you know, a lot of these traits right So it doesn't have to mean that, that it doesn't have to make it um a person doing um it could just be the traits of a good businessman too, yeah, so I, you're right, I don't want to overstate it. It's just interesting
2: it is really interesting, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, so we'll see we'll see what happens to Dr. Malachi love Robinson <laughs> <laughs> But the yeah the check frauds the um you know the piece of it that I haven't I mean I talked the least about because it's the least interesting.
3: <laughs> therefore, but, wait. Yeah. Therefore, okay. the check fraud is the most potent thing that we've discussed because you've talked about it the least. Turns out I do have math about that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So
0: what what we we've got another um, fun little scam here, Mac. Do we want to talk
3: about uh? You talking about the uh the video, the scamming the scammers?
0: Yeah, I, I yeah, so so this uh what do we get? It? Scamming the scammers and this is a TED talk.
3: Yep. Um, this was all about a guy who decided <clears throat> was getting a lot of spam emails, and he decided to start answering them. <laughs> and so he gets this he gets this email from somebody, I think, in Nigeria, where the guy's talking about getting money out of there and he he gives this guy a very enthusiastic response proceeds to string this guy along for weeks or months and he gets the guy to start you know the last couple of emails he insists the guy start emailing him in code and he gives him a code where he's talking about the money equaling gummy bears um, the lawyer equaling lemon drops and so on and so forth and uh, oh. That's awesome. Then he reads the email he gets back from this. He says, I got the e- best email that I have ever received in my life.
0: And it, it was is, pretty good.
3: Oh, yeah. The gummy bears will be transferred by way of the giant gummy lizard.
0: Right. He was talking to the there gummy was, bear. The gummy bear was, I think, the, the the lawyer.
3: Yeah. There was a lot to it. The video. Uh, yeah. Were watching. But then he went into uh, he received an email from uh, Winnie Mandela about her husband's health. <laughs> And so he responds back saying, well, given that your husband died three months ago, I I imagine his health is just about as bad as one could possibly have. He says,
0: says, considering Nelson Mandela died a month, three months ago, I would consider his health conditions serious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so he just starts messing with them. But man, this this one, this first one, you know, where where they're going to sell gold. And he's like, well, how much gold He says, Well, how much gold can you sell? He says, "We'll try a, tri- a, a, a trial of what, what, like um, fifty fifty grams or something." And he says, "Well, can can you do more?" And the guy says, "Well, yeah, we can do more. How much can you sell?" He says, "Well, if we're gonna do it, there's no use doing less than a metric ton." <laughs> 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 and and the, the the guy writes back, "Well, that would be that would be difficult for for uh you know for me to get proved past the board." He's like, "Hold on, I'm coming up with a chart for you." And this chart, seriously, is it's it has it has wealth on the vertical axis and gold on the horizontal with this with this line going up in in the middle. <laughs> It's, it's the and and, he, and so he, you know he comes back he says well you know if we're gonna do this somebody really ought to sign for the gold. <laughs> uh, it, it I mean it's just funny, but that email where where he comes up with the code, he's like I've been all night and I, and I've come up with this code, and the guy writes him back and he says he says dude you have to use the code. <laughs> <laughs> And so what? From now on, he he he'll be known as Kit Kat. And so he signs it, Kit Kat, because you have to be consistent.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, it's it, it's wonderful because he's talking about. You know, I don't feel like a bad person for messing with them. I, I feel that I'm actually taking time that they would be using to. I, I'm I'm wasting their time, but I'm I'm taking time that they would be using to loop other people in. So I'm actually doing a good thing. Right.
2: Well, and
0: he he says that, you know, some people do just really terrible things to scammers, which I disagree. I mean, because, I mean, the, let, let's face it, the, they don't have to do any of these things, but they're trying to prove themselves. We, you, we've seen the, the webpage, the 419 scam page. Yep. Where they get these scammers to do all sorts of crazy things to try and prove themselves. I mean, it's, it's pretty funny um, what, what they'll go through. And quite frankly, I have no issue with that stuff. If these people are willing to go through those lengths to try and prove their legitimacy i mean that's on them <laughs> they're, they're the ones who started the scam yeah i don't know i'll feel bad for them
2: <laughs> i don't either
0: yeah so i actually I, I set up an email account um on yahoo because n- nobody gets better spam than yahoo
3: that is true yeah and uh and so i'm say, waiting they, they, you know what you do to get spam on a yahoo account you uh, start one. Off- you yeah, you start. You off- start one.
0: Account. So okay. So what? Well, what I did is I went and I signed up for a whole bunch of stuff, and you know, like, um get uh, I like boob mail, and and I signed up on a whole bunch of stuff that I'm hoping, you know, that they take and sell off their 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 lists, right? And so that um, so that the stuff will start to come in. And then I have a policy that every time I get an email on it, if there's an unsubscribe, I unsubscribe. Because it's gonna do one of two things. If it's a if it's a legitimate piece of mail, I'll actually be taking off the list. If it's not legitimate, it lets them know that that, that, that email address is actually active. Okay. So so uh, so every piece of email that I get to it, I, I, I hit the unsubscribe so that I so that I so I'm not getting legitimate stuff and, and so and so I'm only getting, you know, the the, the, the scam stuff. And so I um and so that's what I, I've just been doing for the last couple of weeks, and so but I still haven't gotten anything. Um, I did put the email up on a web page so that it could be found by bots. And so I'm I'm just waiting to see, uh, and I'm starting to get some spam to it, legitimate spam, but I have not gotten a, like a 419 scam or anything like that yet.
2: I like how you're trolling mm-hmm. for that. That's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah.
4: Well, and now I have The last a time I tried. To set up a, a Yahoo email account. It wouldn't let me do it without putting in a cell phone number.
0: I did have to put in a cell phone number, and that's the part that did suck. But I went ahead and, and did that. Oh. Uh. Yahoo has that not the scammer, right? I I don't know how I don't know how else to get around that. I mean what is Yahoo gonna do? I mean well, but I mean, yeah. Sell it. Yeah, they could. They could. So it wouldn't be the it's first. It's not something scam. that
4: they need. They don't no, need that but, to give you an email address.
0: they they're doing it because they're, um, it, it's a second factor and they, and they don't have another second factor at this point. And Google is doing a lot of the same thing. You know, this, you have this second factor, but I didn't want to use Google because their spam filters are far too good and Yahoo's are not. I, I don't know. I probably could have that's found someplace else to set it up. Folder. Well, yeah, you just go through the spam folder. Yeah. Cause I don't think they're actually blocking anything. They're just better about filtering it. Anyway, so that's my system that I'm working on to try and get that email address out there as quickly as possible. So we'll see what happens, and if I get more scam phone phone calls, you know, uh, I've enjoyed those too.
4: (laughs) Well, will you give it out on air here so that people can write in with (laughs) scams?
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I'll I'll do that. (laughs) Oh, 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 you you mean my the email address? Yes, give out the
4: email address on air so our listeners can write in to try to scam you. (laughs) Okay, I I can do that.
0: It's breasted. Chicken at yahoo.com. Nice. <laughs> My kids helped me come up with that. Nice. Yeah. 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 yeah so if they want to send scams, that's that's fine too. <laughs> but I'm not giving out the cell number. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, wait, so, yeah. So I thought it was fun. And, yeah, so I'm I'm trolling for them. And we'll see if I get any. So, so the louder the monkey, the smaller the balls. Terry, hit it. Not the
2: balls. (laughs) So um, this is from uh, October of last year. I can't remember when I saw it, but it showed up on my Facebook feed. Um, A scientific study studied two groups of these howler monkeys. And um, the ones who were the loudest had the smallest balls. And the ones who were quieter had the largest balls, which fits with all of my biases about hominid and ape behavior, you know, like... uh, Mate, uh, mating behavior and that kind of thing. And I'm trying to, it's been a while since I read this. Sorry, they're two different, the group, the troops are set up two different ways. So in one group, um, it's solitary males. Let's see. And they are, uh, I can't remember if they're the louder ones or if the males with the harems are the louder ones. Sorry. In larger groups containing many males and females that copulate freely with each other, the quiet, that's where the quieter monkeys are. The quieter, well endowed monkeys tend to end up in larger groups containing many males and females that copulate freely. So they need to have presumably a larger sperm count to compete with the other males, right? And then the solitary males need to be loud to be to seem aggressive and to attract females, but they don't need to have quite as high a sperm count because they're only going to mate occasionally and they don't have to compete as much with other males.
0: Right, so this is like the difference between chimpanzees and, um, and uh, gorillas, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just interesting because they compared the size of the testes with the hyoid boi- bones in their voice boxes. And um, I love that the amount of decibels that they were physically capable of producing um, correlated with testicular endowment. I think that's pretty funny. Now-
3: uh, that makes me wonder if the the size of the hyoid bone is behavioral, if it if it changes size based upon behavior, or if it's actually evolutionary, and we've got the the behavior is driven by the physical imperative of the hyoid the hyoid bone.
2: So, are you postulating that solitary males might have to use their vocalizations more throughout their lives, and therefore the muscles and the bones and stuff are more robust, maybe?
3: Is possible, or it could be that they're essentially diverging into almost two separate species.
0: See, that's what I was thinking: is that that we're that we're looking at a, div- a division here that that we have we have one that's becoming more like the gorillas, where they have the harem, and so he's not com- so there's less competition, and and one where they're more like bonobos, where they're where they're having more sex, and and so and, and so the sperm is competing with it, you know, so much more like you know the Gorillas and so I I, yeah that's I'm with Mac on this. I I wonder if that's what's happening. If this went on long enough, if we would see two different species of howler monkeys.
2: Sure. I
3: I I think that uh, evolutionary the uh, the louder primates tend to have the smaller hands though.
2: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) We're seeing that play out, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hate Donald Trump so much.
0: It's harder to get the sausage fingers into the wallet, you know. So where did his money come from?
3: Terry, Terry, if hate were people, would you be China?
2: I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> no, probably. I don't hate him that much, but I really despise okay. that. Guy. His rhetoric. It's not even personal. It's just his hateful rhetoric and yeah. his racism. And-
3: that line, by the way, came from the city, city slickers. You've got a married couple arguing with each other. I hate you. I hate you more. If hate were people, I'd beat
1: China. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I missed the ACDC reference and the City Slickers reference.
3: Yep, you gotta get out and watch more movies and I've listen to more out. and listen to more hard rock.
2: I've gotta get out more, maybe.
0: All right. So I yeah, I I they they're saying
3: that it that
2: it has
0: to do with the voice versus and I think i I, I wonder if it's behavior based too. Yeah. Or both. It's, it, or both, it's, yeah.
3: It's very difficult to say. I don't know if the hyoid bone is physically capable of changing shape like that based upon behavior.
0: Well, it is over time,
3: right? Okay. Over time, over generations, or over well, time if, for in one ape.
2: So if, so, you could say that the larger hyoid-boned boi- hyoid um, howler monkeys may have been more successful at getting mates and therefore passing, potentially passing that along to their offspring over time, right? Maybe right. that's how it worked.
3: Well, we've, yeah. we're looking at two different strategies, though. You've got the larger hyoid ones who have one behavior with their mates, and you've got the smaller hyoid-boned one, hyoid ones that have the larger testes that have a different strategy with their mates,
2: so their larger mm-hmm. testes are selected for, and the larger hyoid bo- bone is selected for in the other group.
3: Yeah. And that's why I wonder if they're actually diverging into a different species.
2: Yeah, that could be. But it's the, you're right that the interaction with behavior is really interesting.
3: Now, the other thing I wonder now is if these groups are mixed or if they're in different locations.
2: See, it's been so long since I read this. I don't know.
3: I don't think the article said.
2: Primary source is an article in Current Biology evolutionary trade-off between vocal tract and testes dimensions in howler monkeys see but is uh, yeah i don't
0: know that i agree with i mean certainly their their findings are legit but is there reasoning is what i wonder
3: yeah and i'm wondering if one strategy works better in one area and so you've got howler monkeys in that area that do one thing and then the other strategy works better in another area
2: the reason that it appeals to me is that it lends itself, itself to all sorts of jokes about male compensation behavior among <laughs> humans. <laughs> yes, it does.
0: <laughs> the loudest one has the smallest testicles.
2: <laughs> that's right. Typically, that's very true. And hands. And hands.
0: And hands, yes.
2: Tiny, tiny hands.
0: Short Bulgarian fingers. And uh, now, how
4: many of them were driving around in sports cars?
2: That's it, too, those penis enlargers, yeah.
0: All right. Well, I think that that's probably good. Any, anything else?
2: I think I'm good. All right. Thanks, you guys. Well, yeah,
0: yep. thank you. Say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good, good, night.
2: Night.
5: good night.
0: Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the Amateur Skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at amateurskeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Enter music by Peter Kennold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash p-k-a-n-o-l. Exit Music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.